0: I just say it's really nice to be with you this morning. Uh, I'm sorry my wife Sue's not uh, with me. She was hoping to be here but she's uh, got a, a stomach bug. We'd, uh, we'd got someone to look after the two children uh, last night and had a free night but unfortunately she spent most of the night uh, uh, being sick and she actually got into the car this morning but uh, was going to be sick again so she'd have loved to have been here. Uh, With us, one of the reasons she'd like to have been here is uh, she doesn't always trust the way I I don't always bring back enough information. Sometimes, uh, if I'm taking a wedding, um, you know, she'll say, "What was the dress like?" And I'll say, "Well, it it was it was white," and uh, (laughs) and uh, it's never enough detail. So I I will do my best to uh, to uh, convey to Susan my experience this morning. Um, But she's really sorry that she couldn't be here. We're going to uh, turn to uh, scripture now. I'm going to read from uh, Matthew. Uh, chapter 14 and uh, I'm reading from uh, verse 22 Matthew chapter 14 reading from verse 22 immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd after he had dismissed them he went up onto the mountainside by himself to pray An evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Amen. Let's just pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in your word we discover the great truths about you. And we thank you that your word is still relevant to us today. And our prayer this morning is that you speak into our hearts, that you speak into our minds, that you speak into our lives. And that that word might be a life-changing word. We pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know about you, but, uh, but I really enjoy walking. I, uh, I love to get out into the, uh, to the countryside and uh, into the fresh air. And, uh, and, and to walk And uh, I don't know about you But I, I never think it's much fun walking on your own I'd much more of a, rather walk uh, with, uh, with friends or with family uh, There's something about getting out there And just having that space uh, To be uh, in God's great creation And uh, to uh, enjoy the company of, uh, of friends And uh, you know in, in the Bible I don't know if you've ever looked at the Bible like this But the Bible uh, It contains some great walks doesn't it? Um, It begins with God himself walking in the Garden of Eden. Uh, But the general rule is that God asks people to walk uh, with him. Moses, of course, spent 40 years walking through the Uh, deserts. Joshua walked around the walls of Jericho. (coughs) Paul was walking on the road to Damascus when he had that uh, amazing encounter with the risen Jesus. And of course, Jesus himself made that painful walk. To Golgotha and the cross. Uh, But the walk that we're thinking about this morning um, is uh, remarkable, not so much because of uh, where they were walking to, but because of uh, what they were walking on. And uh, what I'd like to uh, invite you to do this morning is uh, to come with me on a walk, because I believe that God still calls his followers. To, uh, to walk on water. And uh, this morning, I'd like to invite you uh, to come with me and uh, walk on water. Obviously, uh, because in this day and age, we have to be uh, really uh, aware of uh, health and safety issues, don't know whether the church you get get into the whole health and safety issues, you know you can't uh, do anything now, Uh, there are I feel a few uh, things I ought to tell you before we uh, attempt to walk on water, uh, really from a kind of health and safety uh, aspect and uh, the first thing I'd like to say that uh, you know if you want to walk on water uh, you have to get permission first you have to get permission first. If you want to walk on water, you do have to get permission. I think it's an important detail in the uh, in the encounter that uh, that Matthew uh, records. You know, he includes that detail. Uh, you know, Peter doesn't just uh, jump out of the boat. Um, he actually uh, wants to check that this is Jesus. You might think, well, who else would it have been? You know, the disciples, uh, they've been on a a bit of a journey with Jesus. they see him do some uh, remarkable things. Uh, Earlier on in uh, chapter 14, Jesus has just fed uh, 5,000 people uh, with five loaves and and two fishes. And uh, they've seen him heal people. They've seen him do some amazing things. But now uh, Jesus comes to them walking on water. And Peter wants to check out that it is Jesus. And uh, <clears throat> I think it's uh, an important detail that, uh, that Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. If it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And you know, whenever we want to uh, discern what God's will is, whenever we want to try and discern his, his leading and uh, his direction, It's always important um, that we check out, you know, is this Jesus? Is God in this? And uh, in many ways, this is what we're doing here this morning. You know, one of the questions that we're asking uh, as a minister and, and you as a church is, do we hear the call of God? Do we hear the call of God? Water walkers have to discern between their faith and foolishness. Some of you might want to ask the question, what was Jesus doing walking on the lake at uh, three o'clock in the morning? Um, In Mark's version, it's interesting, in the same story, uh, Mark suggests that Jesus intended to pass them by. And... um, It's interesting because Mark uses uh, the same Greek verb, to pass by, which is used in the Old Testament to describe those defining moments when God made an appearance. Uh, In the story of Elijah, God told Elijah, to stand on the mountain for the Lord was about to pass by. So when Mark says that uh, Jesus intended to pass them by, I don't think he meant that Jesus was going to race them to the other side of the lake. I think that he was talking about an encounter with God in the same kind of uh, sense in which Elijah experienced God passing by on that mountain. And it would seem there's a pattern in Scripture uh, that every now and again God does something a little bit spectacular uh, to get his people's attention. Especially when he's calling people to do something extraordinary. There is always a call of God asking ordinary people to act with extraordinary trust. And so Peter checks it out. He says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And uh, Jesus says, come. Jesus says, come. So if you want to walk on, on water, you know, you can't just do it off your own back. You do have to get uh, permission first. You have to ask, is it okay? Is it you, Jesus? And uh, only uh, if we get permission uh, should we attempt to walk on water. So that's the first thing that I want you to, uh, to think about this morning about whether you recognize the call of God. Secondly, I want to think about you know, if you want to walk on water, it's very obvious, I know, but you have to get out of the boat. I like to come up with uh, snappy titles uh, for my sermons, but uh, if I can't think of one, I don't mind pinching them from uh, other people. And some of you uh, may recognize this as uh, the title of an excellent book by John Otenberg If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. And uh, in that, <clears throat> this is what he says He says, I believe that there is something, someone inside us who tells us there is more to life than sitting in the boat. There is something inside you that wants to walk on water, to leave the comfort of routine existence and abandon yourself to the high adventure of following God. I love that phrase, abandoning yourself to the high adventure of following God. Because, you know, people outside of the church, that's not how they see the Christian life, do they? They don't see it as a, a high adventure. One of the sad things is that most people outside the church think that the church is boring and irrelevant. And uh, we've got a real message to tell them, but we can demonstrate it through the way that we live our lives. Uh, Do you live your life as if it's a, a high adventure? Do you you see following God as being something as exciting? Is that how you demonstrate to your friends and those that live around you that following God is is something of an adventure? It's exciting. It can even be a little bit risky. That's not how people see Christianity, is it? And uh, it's up to you and me to kind of uh, do something, to change the way people actually view God, view Jesus, and view the church. So if you want to walk on water... Uh, you really do have to get out of the boat. <clears throat> but let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. You know, um, there were all the disciples in the boat, and uh, eleven of them thought the uh, the safer option was to stay in the boat. Eleven of them thought the safer option was to stay in the boat, and. Uh, It's always easier, isn't it, to stay in the boat. And uh, the boat could be anything. The boat can even be the church. There's a sense in which there's a safety uh, inside of the church, isn't it? Uh, We feel safe because we're amongst friends, we're uh, amongst Christians. And uh, the world out there can be a little bit frightening. Uh, Sharing our faith can be a little bit frightening. And sometimes, you know, that challenge to get out of the boat can actually be... To get outside of the church and into the community. Because out there it is a little bit more risky and a little bit more dangerous to share our faith. In here, to talk about Jesus and to talk about faith, it's okay, it's safe. But the challenge is outside. Where there's lots of people who need to hear the good news about Jesus Christ. So if you want to walk on water, friends, you know, you've you got to get out of the boat. And uh, your boat could be anything that stops you doing or following what Jesus wants you to do. It's that thing, that fear, that actually stops you doing what you know God wants you to do. And it is scary. It is scary following God. God does sometimes call us to do uh, things. He takes us out of our comfort zone. And he calls us to get out of the boat. So many people miss the opportunity of God's call because they're scared to get out of the boat. I know I've missed opportunities because of fear, because I've I've worried about what people might say or what people might think. And uh, many of us will be able to give testimony to opportunities missed because we've been frightened to get out of the boat. If you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. And this is great because this is exactly what Peter does. There's the disciples. there, all looking out and they're thinking, it's a little bit choppy. Uh, I don't like the look of that. I don't know if you've ever been on a rough sea. Uh, It can be quite frightening. A couple of years ago, we were on holiday in Landudno. And I had one of these bright ideas. I saw an advert. uh, That if you went as a foot passenger from uh, Holyhead to Dublin, they were doing a really good deal. And I, say, I share this with Susan, she didn't like the idea that you had to get up at 6 o'clock and get a train from London, no, to Hollyhead. I said, it would be fine, it would be great, and a bit, a bit of an adventure. And we get on the Seacat, and uh, I knew there was going to be a problem when, the, when there was an announcement saying the Seacat wasn't going to be coming back. Because there was a forecast of rough weather. And this was as we were just setting out, and to me it looked really calm, halfway across and it was one of those cases where you look out the window and, and, you, and one minute you see the sky and the next minute it disappears and you see sea. And I'll tell you, I've never felt so sick. And I was frightened. Two kids are running around thinking, What's up with dad? And I'm, and I'm like going really pale. It is frightening if you've ever been on a rough sea. And, uh, and some of these disciples were fishermen, they were used to that. But uh, Peter, um, he decides that he's, he's going to get out of the boat. There we go. He's getting out of the boat. And uh, I just want you to, uh, in this passage, uh, just recognise that Peter does get out of the boat. And not only does he get out of the boat, but he walks on water. That Peter um, has that amazing experience uh, of actually stepping out in faith. Of of putting his feet on, on something that he knows should not be able to hold him. I don't know if you've had that experience. You know, when you step out in faith, it's a marvellous feeling when, uh, when God shows up, isn't it? And uh, you know that you're doing something that you could never do in your own strength. Some of us here have experienced that feeling of walking on water. We know what it's like. We know that we've done things that in our own strength... We could have never done. And it was only the power of God's Holy Spirit holding us and sustaining us. And Peter has that amazing experience that nobody else in all of history has ever had. He walked on water. And uh, I think whatever else happens to Peter next, we ought to remember that at least he did get out of the boat. And he had that amazing experience. So if you want to walk on water, you've just got to get out of the boat. And then the third thing that I want to say is that if you want to walk on water, and again this is obvious, it's very obvious, you've got to get your feet wet. If you want to walk on water, you've got to get your feet wet. You see, initially Peter was alright. Probably carried, on with, carried away with the enthusiasm and excitement of the moment and uh, he's there and he's walking on water and, uh, and then of course he looks down and uh, he suddenly realises the situation that he's in and he has, uh, he has that kind of feeling that, uh, that everybody has probably uh, experienced, I'm sure. Uh, For this one, you've got to kind of, uh, you've got to get the tune, and uh, I guess we're getting into that kind of uh, season now, isn't it? Do you recognise it? Disciples scream, are you listening? Towering waves, water glistening. A horrific sight, we're drowning tonight, walking in the water wonderland. (laughs) Yeah. No, my singing's not that great, I realise that, but... uh, but there he is and he's walking on water and he looks down and he suddenly realises and he thinks "You know, what am I doing here have you, ever, have, you ever, have you ever been in an experience like that and you think what am I doing here why, why am I doing this why have I put myself in, in this situation and, uh, and if you want to walk on water you've got to get your feet wet and, uh, and Peter experiences that, uh, that sinking feeling it seemed like a good idea have you ever been there? You thought, you know, this seemed like a good idea, but then when you actually get into putting it into practice, you think, what on earth? Why did, I, why did I do that? Why did I suggest that? And the problem is everyone else in the room is looking at you thinking exactly the same thing, thinking, why did he suggest that? Because Peter experiences that sinking feeling. And uh, what I want to ask you is this is Did Peter succeed? Or did he fail? Did Peter succeed or did he fail? And what I'd like you to do, uh, just for a moment, is turn to the person next to you. And uh, just for one minute, I know it's always dangerous as kids, you can never get people back, but I'm going to just give you one minute and just say to the person in front of you or the person next to you whether you think uh, Peter was a success or a failure in his attempt to walk on water. Just one minute, okay? Just. Okay, and now what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually get you to vote. I know it's a bit kind of X factor ish. (laughs) Okay, Uh, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. Don't worry, there's nothing charismatic about this. Um, And I just want you to vote. And you can't get it right or wrong. You can't be right or wrong in this because it's it's what you think. So I want you to put your hands up. If you you think uh, Peter was successful in his attempt to walk on water, raise your hands now. Okay, if you think he failed, uh, raise your hands now. Okay. I think most people think he was, uh, he was successful in uh, in walking on water. Like I say, you can't, it wasn't a question that you could be right or wrong, because uh, it seems to me that in, there's a real sense in which he was both a success and a failure. Because he did, for that one moment, experience uh, walking on water, which nobody's ever, ever done. But then of course he takes his eyes off Jesus and he realises the, uh, the ridiculous nature of the situation. And he does experience that, uh, that sinking feeling. And uh, he gets more than his feet wet. But you see, there's a sense in which sometimes we have to put ourselves in a situation where failure is a possibility. And I think sometimes in church, one of the things that holds people back is that we're frightened to death of failing. And sometimes um, people aren't able to release their gifts uh, in the church because they're frightened of making a fool of themselves. I wouldn't be here today if uh, my home church hadn't given me a go at preaching and said, Look Richard, have a go at preaching. And I was probably absolutely terrible the first time I preached. But somebody somewhere recognised that I had some sort of gift and said, Have a go. And sometimes in the church, we're too frightened of failure. Or people say well we've tried that before and uh, and it didn't work so we're not going to try it again because uh, because we don't want to fail and uh, what happens here is uh, is peter in many senses he experiences that sinking feeling But did he fail? Well, I don't know. Uh, Jonas Salk, uh, you may have heard of him, developed a vaccine for polio. Great achievement. But before he finally developed that vaccine, apparently he tried 200 unsuccessful ones. And someone asked him, how did it feel to fail 200 times? And Salk replies, I was taught to not use the word failure. I just discovered 200 ways of how not to vaccinate against polio. (laughs) It was Peter's willingness To put himself in a situation where failure was a possible outcome that actually led to his growth. And sometimes we actually learn more through failure than we do through success. Sometimes we learn more through the problems in life than we do through the joys. Sometimes we learn a lot more through times of suffering and pain than we do in the good times. And Peter here was willing to put himself in a situation. He got out of the boat, he stepped on water and he experiences that sinking feeling. So Edmund Hillary, uh, the great mountaineer, made several unsuccessful attempts to climb Mount Everest. After one such attempt, it's said that he stood at the base of the mountain and he shook his fist and he said to the mountain, I will defeat you yet, he said in defiance, because you are as big as you're going to get but I'm still growing. And you know, as Christians, you know we never stop we should never stop growing. We should never stop stepping out in faith. We should never stop attempting the impossible for God. We should never stop taking risks. Many times people choose not to get out of the boat because of the fear of failure. And in the church, we've got to allow people to make mistakes. And we've got to encourage them and to build people up. If you want to walk on water, you have to get your feet wet. And the great thing here is that that when Peter experiences that sinking feeling, he knows what to do. He cries out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. It's a great prayer, isn't it? You know, It's a great prayer. And I don't know, there may be people here this morning uh, who feel that they're really going through some storms in their life. Uh, It may be stormy relationships. It may be a a stormy time at work. It may be even a a stormy time within the church. And uh, what Peter does is he demonstrates what you need to do when you get into trouble. You just need to cry out to God. Lord, save me and uh, what I love about this passage what I love about this passage is that uh, it says this it says immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and uh, just notice that word immediately Peter cries out Lord save me you know if I was sinking in, in, in the sea and the waves were coming on I would want an immediate response and uh, and Jesus reached out to his hands and he he grabs hold of peter he grabs hold of peter i was uh, i was reading about um Henry Nguyen who uh, wrote a book called uh, Sabbatical Journeys and in it he writes about some friends of his who were trapeze artists and they told Nguyen there's a special relationship between the flyer and the catcher on the trapeze. The flyer is the one that lets go and the catcher is the one that catches. As the flyer swings high above the crowd on the trapeze the moment comes when he must let go. He arcs out into the air. His job is to remain as still as possible and wait for the strong hand of the catcher to pluck him from the air. One of the uh, trapeze told Newen, the flyer must never try to catch the catcher. The flyer must wait in absolute trust. The catcher will catch him, but he must wait. And uh, you know, Peter, he cries out, Lord, save me. And, uh, and Jesus' hand comes in immediately. And of course, that's what Jesus came to do to save. That's why Jesus came. He came, and one of the things that Matthew's trying to, to demonstrate in this story is that here is our Savior. Here is somebody that, that can feed the 5,000 uh, with two loaves and uh, five loaves and two fishes. Here is somebody that uh, the laws of nature don't apply to. He can walk on water. But here is somebody that can save us from any predicament, any situation. And it may be that this picture is something that you need to take away with you. Of that hand reaching out to you in your situation to pull you back up again. It may be just a picture that you need to take away this morning with you. To know that God's hand will save. He will save you. He might allow you to go through the storm. He might allow you that sinking feeling. But he will be there and he will save you. And not only that, and I love this bit, because, uh, because there we are. And, and you've, sometimes you've got to see the humour in scripture. There he is, there's still some way away from the boat because Peter's walked out. And Jesus thinks, I know what I'll do, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give Peter a little bit of a lesson. And the the, the kind of compassionate side of us says, well, wouldn't it have been kinder to get back into the boat before you kind of give Peter the kind of the moral of the story and the lesson? But no, Jesus says to him, you know, um, you of little faith. And um, I like that, you know, you of little faith. Because I actually identify with that. Because aren't we a people of little faith? And you probably sat there thinking... Goodness me, is this preacher coming here telling us we've we've only got a little bit of faith? Who does he think he is? Uh, But before you take offence, just remember that when Jesus says, You have little faith, this is Peter, who with a little bit of faith has just walked on water. That's the sort of faith, little bit of faith that I want. I think it would be a great name for a church, you know, the church of little faith. How's about that? The Church of Little Faith. Because somewhere else, didn't Jesus say something about if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains? You have little faith. I don't think Jesus is uh, is actually being too critical of Peter. He's just actually saying what it is. You've only got a little bit of faith. And the reality is, most people in the church have only got a little bit of faith. And our faith is tested. And God tests our faith in the storms of life. Whenever we face a difficult situation, it becomes a test of faith. Can I trust God in this situation? Are the waves too big? Where do we look in times of trouble? Do we focus on the problem? Or do we turn and say, Lord, save me not only does he say to Peter you know you of little faith but he also says you know why did you doubt why did you doubt remember they're still there out on the sea and Peter's kind of probably thinking come on Jesus get me back into the boat where, it's, where the rest of the disciples are but no Jesus has got a further lesson to say why did you doubt and you kind of think maybe Jesus is thinking you know just a few moments ago, yesterday, we were on the hillside with 5,000 people, and this little lad came up with his dinner, and I was able to feed them and supply all their needs. Later on in the passage, we see that people brought Jesus, people brought people to Jesus who were sick, and all he did was grab hold of his garment, and they were healed. And Peter's experienced that, and Jesus' is saying, You have little faith, why do you continue to doubt? But again, you know, I can identify with that. Because. When we face trials and situations, doubts come into our minds. Can we really trust God in this situation? I don't know. And even though we've experienced, like Peter, some amazing times with God, we still have those moments when we doubt, don't we? And I don't think doubt's a bad thing. I think we need to encourage people to express their doubts. You know, when you're having a, a time of, uh, of, of worship and, uh, you know, people are, are calling out to God. How often in the church have you, people you know, people say, thank God for this and thank God for that. But I think sometimes it's nice to say, God, I, I don't really understand this situation. Why are you allowing this to happen to me? We can, we, can, we can have that conversation with God. And it can be an expression of praise and worship to actually express your doubts. And every time when someone expresses a doubt in Scripture... Jesus is always able to teach a lesson from that and to take them further in their faith. This, this walking on water, this isn't some kind of extreme sport. You know, Jesus isn't looking for kind of bungee jumping, uh, hand gliding disciples, but he is looking for extreme disciples—people who are going to put their complete faith and trust in a saviour who will reach out with his hand to save. Why do you doubt? Having taught Peter that uh, little lesson, uh, you'll be pleased to know then he takes him back into the boat. Uh, But notice that the result of this is that they were all led into worship. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Truly. You are the son of God. The result of an encounter with Jesus is that we're led into a place of worship. Our faith is tested. Our faith is extended. But at the end of the day, we're led to that place where we just want to say, wow, that was God. And that's what the disciples do. They are amazed How many times do we read in scripture that the response of the people that saw Jesus was one of amazement? They were amazed and people very often said, who is this? But the disciples knew that this was the son of God, this was their saviour. And uh, this morning, you know, if you want to walk on water, it is a question, really. Do you want to walk on water? Because uh, if you do want to walk on water, you've got to get that permission first. And uh, you've got to hear the call of God. And as I said, this is what we want to do this morning, isn't it? We want to know, is God in this that we're engaging in this morning? Is this God? So we need to get permission. Do you want to walk on water? You have to get out of the boat. And maybe the challenge this morning for some people is that you know that you've been sat in that boat and it's become quite comfortable and it's actually time to get out. It's time to get out of the boat and uh, respond to that call of God in your life. And then finally, of course, do you want to walk on water? You know, you have to get your feet wet. You have to take chances. You have to take risks For the sake of the gospel For the sake of your relationship with God To be able to build on that You have to take risk You have to sometimes place yourself in a situation That you might not be comfortable in That you might feel out of your depth Because it's only then that our faith will grow And our relationship with God will grow And so the challenge, the question is this morning Is do you want to join me? In this adventure of walking on water. Let's just pause and let's just pray together. Father God, we thank you that you still speak to us in this day and age. That you don't leave us in the dark that you have a plan for our lives and you have a plan for the church and that plan is a good plan and we pray that this morning that we will have the courage to get out of the boat to follow you wherever you might lead us we pray especially for those people this morning who are, are going through the storms of life We pray that they might have the courage to cry out, Lord, save me. And that they might experience your hand reaching down to them. And Father God, give us the courage to get our feet wet. To step out in faith. Not always knowing what the outcome will be. But being able to put our complete trust in you because of who you are. And because of what you have done for us. So we want to commit ourselves once again.